0: my problem-riddled lambs. Come with us as we frolic through the paddocks of your misery to alight at the tender, fragrant meadows of advice. Crop at the verges of wisdom with us. And if you would like to nibble at our meadow-sweet ministrations, you can contact us at wewillfixyoushow at gmail.com Gambling tonight. Ms. Lucy Boyes, a fun accountant.
1: I'm afraid to say we're running a 10% fun deficit this year. Oof.
0: I am Roger Hart, who has traded his capacity to feel joy for the ability to talk to porpoises.
1: What do they say?
0: (laughs) And Mr. Dave Comfrey, writer of the hit films CEO Scarecrow and CEO Scarecrow 2,
2: fuck explosion. They're good films, I don't care what anyone says. Putting the Roger in Roger Corman, hello. And
0: now, a most delicate question. Dear internet fixed person, my partner and I have recently discussed the possibility of broadening our carnal horizons. We have considered threesomes, which might be fun, and have been talking about moving to an open relationship. We both think this is something we'd like to try in theory, but there are a lot of ways it could become complicated in practice. How do you transition to an open relationship without it becoming a nightmare of jealousy and awkwardness? Yours, anonymous. P.S. Open relationships also sound like they could be a massive time sink. How do you even schedule this shit? Hmm, Miss Boyd.
1: I need to start off by saying that I'm not entirely your dude for this. Uh, I don't really have the energy to maintain one relationship. I just have an extremely forgiving partner. There's also just a ton of really good resources out there on the internet, so please go and read them instead of listening to me. think so sort of in spite of that, the thing that it would make sense to do with you and your partner if it were me, basically kind of have a hopes and fears session. Start off... By each separately making your own lists, what do you... You know, you said something you both like to try in theory. Okay, why? What is the attraction for each of you? What are you hoping to get out of it? At the same time, you say it feels risky. What are, you, what are you afraid to lose? What are the risks that you're consider, you know, afraid might be too much for your relationship? And then I think you get together, you compare your lists and see how aligned you are on both of the hopes and the fears. So I think assuming that you're fairly well aligned... Think about mitigations for those risks and proceed with caution, you know, draw up an agreement for how you want it to work, any kind of ground rules you expect each other to follow. If those two lists are not super aligned, do you think you can get there or are you coming from completely different perspectives? If you think you can get there, it might be worth taking it for a few kind of sessions with a couples therapist or something, kind of get some external perspective. If you it still seems way off. Then you probably shouldn't proceed because someone's almost certainly going to get hurt. But it's better that you figure that out before you try doing it and do get hurt. And um, I'm sorry, but that's all I've got. No,
0: you say you've not got a lot there, but that's I mean that's all pretty solid advice. Mm. I think the core thing here is because um, I you know this isn't experience I directly have either. There's lots of stuff online. Um, and do you know what, it's a bit like uh, TripAdvisor reviews, which is, you can sort of tell when it isn't credible because it's going weirdly off-piste or talking about stuff that's more about the person writing its own neuroses than actually trying to help. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think the TripAdvisor reviews that are about the fact that French waiters hate American children aren't really going to inform much on the food quality. I was in a
1: foul mood when I had this meal and here's how bad it
0: was. Yeah. Well, um, I suppose
2: the equivalent here is Trevor never got jizz in my eyes.
0: Yeah, so filter for Jizzy Trev
2: No, Trev is the Jiz free one I think the jizzy one is Kevin Watch out for Kevin
0: I don't know, I, I, was, I was reading this question And I was thinking about This is going to reflect so badly on me I was thinking about change management
1: you're looking at a, it reflects well on you here. you're looking you at not enough th- people pay attention to change
0: matters you're looking at a state transition you're looking at what I'm going to assume is a stable or at least reasonably functional relationship like either this is a functional relationship where you've got the space to discuss this or it's a very new relationship where you're kind of setting, setting expectations either way there's a there's a possibility for change, management. I, I don't. There's a couple of things here. One of which is, is the jealousy thing. Uh, jealousy and attachment reactions are really complicated and really normal. There's a, a classic child psychology experiment where you um, get a—it's I mean, not super ethical, but it's also not super damaging. Um, it's one of the early twentieth-century things where you um, you have a parent and a child, quite a young child, sort of not a toddler at the oldest, and parent interacts with child, and then leaves the child to one side and goes and interacts with the doll. And the child pitch is a shit fit, like, without fail every single time, because the attachment object is withdrawing affection. And as we grow older and as we become more psychologically complicated, we still fucking do that, but we learn to manage it, and we learn about proportionate responses, and we learn about change. Um, which is not to diminish jealousy reactions in a situation, but not all jealousy is pathological. That's the place I'm going to. Jealousy is instinctual and powerful and can be productive, but it's also a reaction more than an action. And we just, you know, we, we build mechanisms for coping and we build critical thinking and there's all sorts of stuff. So I'm going to talk a little bit around, semi-frivolously around change management, because that's something that whilst I don't have an open relationship, I do deal with a lot of change management, but the work I do, the stuff I do, often involves taking organisations on a journey. There's a few things here. I looked at a little online advice, and one of the things that, that came up time and time again was start with rules and work out what works for you, and that's what made me think about, and I'm honestly not taking the piss here, software development organisations transitioning to agile. I Genuinely, I'm not taking the piss. Um, which is when you've got a big disruptive methodology change or a big disruptive procedure change, something that often helps organizations change is to stick to the fucking rules to the fucking letter in the first case because that's extrinsic. That brings a big monolithic, powerful external thing to bear on the problem. Accountability from outside source and then to iterate on what works for you. And I kind of I think there might be actually something in that which is, Start by working it out. Ms. Boy said, do your kind of hopes and fears thing. Sof- it's just
1: one part of the change management
0: yeah. cycle, I mean. In my software project land approach, I would do that as a risks and issues matrix, mm-hmm. but have an open discussion. And there's a thing in um, agile software project management called project chartering, where at the beginning of a project, you hold a session where you say it's like a pre-retrospective where you talk about how we're all going to work together and you use the retrospe- a retrospective thing at the end of a project where you talk about how it's gone, but you you set guide rule, ground rules and one of the things is to say we absolutely go into this acknowledging that everyone trying to do a thing was doing their best and we wish to speak openly. And you make that a positive thing and you charter your project. You say we're going to approach this in this way, these are our hard lines. And I would honestly suggest, genuinely, I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, I'm not, but I, I would suggest it. Have whatever the least weird, most workable version of a chartering session is. Work out your rules and stick to them in the first iteration and then work through it. Work out what works for you.
2: Do you therefore have to have a retrospective session? You might. Like, you're all sitting down, you've got both a note. Well, we acknowledge that Kev fucking wrecked that cushion, but this is a blame-free environment and therefore... We must acknowledge that Kev was doing his best when he did that to the Cushion and...
0: Blame-free but not jizz-free. Yeah, certainly not. Yeah, not jizz-free. Not with Kev around, no. Not not with Spunky Not with Kev. And I I say I'm not taking the piss. Obviously, I'm exaggerating slightly. This is a framework. I'm not saying hold a fucking retrospective with post-it notes, but...
2: No, just use Trello. It's fine. A
1: lot faster.
0: But set your expectations and start with the rules. Work them out. The other thing is, for any kind of organisational or any kind of process change... There's going to be resistance. So there's the um, Kubler-Ross curve. This is, this is a behaviour change model that originated around around grief, but it actually applies to um, to change. So you've got kind of denial, bargaining, um, anger, depression, acceptance. It's kind of it's sort of it's a flow of things around behaviour change. And it, it, there's, there's a little bit of the whole team for, uh, forming, normi- uh, forming, storming, norming, performing. Uh, there's a sort of similar thing. Basically, every kind of change is going to have a resistance phase, and then there'll be a couple of emotional components to that, a dip and a peak. And the peak is also as artificial as the dip. The first the first sort of crest of the peak is gonna be enthusiasm for experimenting with stuff. This happens all the time in, in procedural change. And then you'll settle into a rhythm. Be aware of this and expect this. Go into this with your eyes open. But, and it might happen at different times for both of you as well, this is a thing. Be aware that change can be messy and can be asynchronous. So one of you might just sort of dive into this and be like, oh, I'm not sure about this way, and then kind of crest back down. And now we found a rhythm. Someone might spend more time in the sort of, oh, there's a denial version of kind of I'm not going to do this, or there's a kind of oh, I don't like this. But it's a change model and it's a change process. The reason the reason I talk about agile and the reason I talk about increments is because start with your rules, start with your expectations, iterate, run through cycles, give feedback, talk to each other, and work out what works for you. And the idea of retrospectives is not a totally stupid one. But one of the other things that or a couple of things that come in with, it's with also big because
2: you have a well-known sex backlog.
0: I do, and that backlog is well groomed. Always have a backlog. Always have a roadmap. Agile product management. But you can you can increment. You can change things on the fly. And you can work out. Stay in communication. Add, narrow your communication cycles and make sure you're getting feedback. The, the, one of the things that the, there are two things I'm going to talk about as well. One is is ship I'll come back to that. And the other is reversibility. One of the really hard problems, organisation, one of the hard problems in the world is how to make decisions in uncertainty. And one of the factors that's easily forgotten is reversibility. So sometimes when you're making a decision, whether or not to have an open relationship, how far to go into it, what to experiment with, it seems like it's quite high consequence, because it seems like it's potentially you know, an existential threat to your relationship, but if, if you're quite solid and if you've talked it probably isn't. It's, what you're probably risking is kind of a wobble, a bit of a bump, a scrunch, something not ideal for a bit. These things are all work through. And reversibility of decisions is super important. If you you need to make a decision in a low certainty environment, what is the cost of gaining more certainty? If you can gain more certainty at a low cost, that's great. If you can't, what's the reversibility of the decision? And you'll come down to the fact that it's probably just worth taking a punt, which is where I kind of come to the the agile thing of of just ship it. This this whole Pareto principle, 20% of the time gets you 80% of the value, or perfect is the enemy of good, Um, Voltaire via a 16th century Italian proverb, but basically this idea that worrying and fussing upfront about something being perfect will stop you doing it at all, which will mean that you never do it as opposed to doing it imperfectly. Just, you know, ship it. Take your agile methodology, work through it, spec out the project, and fucking ship it. By which I mean, book an Airbnb place and then put some, like, flyers in some phone booths. Just, just, just get a, a giant-ass bucket of your contraceptive of choice and see who rocks up. Ship it. It's a bold approach. I like it.
2: I mean, you know there's just not phone booths now.
0: There's Tinder, there's Grinder. there's things. Whatever the fucking sexual electronic version of a phone booth is, I don't know, I don't, I don't, I'm
2: boring. The sexual electronic version of a phone booth.
0: At no point did I claim to be competent.
2: You, you've sort of covered what I wanted to say. Not you, obviously, you're an idiot, but Lucy covered what I was going to say, which was... Take time to set out what both of you want individually, make sure that it matches. And if it seems to overlap for the most part, talk about it, go ahead, make sure that you come back and say, does this still work and keep checking and and keep talking. It's not called an open relationship for nothing. And yeah, look online. There's, there's a lot of resources out there. And again, there's gonna be a lot of stuff that's tied up in people's personal experiences which probably isn't as useful as looking at things more generally because it's absolutely going to be tied up in the emotional condition of that. But there's there's things that are quite general, like Oh Joy Sex Toy has a lot of stuff about um, multiple partners. Um, I had a look at WikiHow, which I'll be honest, I was hoping was going to be a lot funnier than it was. It was mostly just people looking at their watches and bowls of condoms like a really low-budget Alice in Wonderland porn spoof. So, find advice that, that makes sense to both of you. Draw on other people's experience. Or, have you considered just sliding into middle age? Because who has the energy or the time, really? I mean, have you watched all of season three of Better Call Saul? Because that stuff's that's pretty good, and it demands... It demands your attention. Like, it, you have to focus on Better Call Saul. It's quite subtle. There's a lot of subtext in there. So that's 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 my advice. Watch Better Call Saul and have a wank. Not at the same time. No. Unless you
1: want to. Unless know, you want thing. to, unless
2: you specifically started this because you want an open relationship with Bob Odenkirk. And... Who could blame you? Certainly not us. We would not judge. It could be Michael McKean, anyone else who's in the cast of that show. I
1: have no idea who any of these people are.
2: Michael McKean's in Spinal Tap. Like, who I wouldn't? haven't seen Spinal who... Tap. Well, if you had, you might want an open relationship with one of them while they're in their late 60s. All
1: right. I'll bear that in mind.
2: We ain't judging, is what we're saying here.
0: One thing One thing I kind of would add, I talked about iterating, and I talked about, that's all very easy to say. What does that mean? You know, you're either seeing someone else you aren't, but actually there is a liminal space. This is something I picked up from some online advice that I saw, and um, kind of, there are ways to sort of make edging out of monogamy feel safer. This might not work for you, but there are things like, for example, you don't have to leap all the way into fucking someone else. You can have your early conversations about it being okay and just get your flirt on. You can. You can push out the boundaries gently. You can you
1: can try your threesome first before committing to an open relationship.
0: Yeah, you can go onto a dating site and strike up some fun conversations. Or if it's the if it because there are a couple of axes here. There's is it the emotional engagement that's the problem? Is it the sexual engagement? Is it a combination? Is it the sort of the sharing and opening up? So one version of that might be to go to sort of fet- sort of the stuff the liminer of the fetish scene. Sort of sex nights or sex clubs or sex parties or whatever, mm. whatever. You could you could go to something like that with a partner and just get it on together, but around other people, which yeah. might make things feel safer. I really like the idea of starting by opening it out with a bit of with a bit of floating with other people. That feels like a nice kind of baby steps, not a hard commit, but testing the emotional waters. Am I alright having a little bit of not strongly committed sexy talk with someone else? That feels like a good increment to me.
1: Mm.
2: Or American gods was pretty good as well. that was pretty that was pretty good.
0: The new tick adaptation? Yeah, that's pretty decent.
2: We're in a golden age of television. you don't have time yeah. to fuck about.
0: I mean like I literally I God I, I, I love getting laid, but I have very little time. I, I struggle to fit in watching all the television I want to watch and I, I would I think I would genuinely have to choose between. An open a relationship in Game of Thrones. I mean, that's ending soon, so maybe I'll reevaluate my priorities.
2: Don't get to see people as much as I would like to at the best of times.
0: Yeah, I, I struggle to fit in seeing the friends I want to see. If I had to splice in, well, I mean, I suppose the synergy would be, oh well, no, I don't really want to have sex with any of my friends. God, there's not even a saving to be made there. Just sort
1: of dislike all parts of dating apart from the bit where you're in an established relationship that's already fairly comfortable. So yeah. the thought of doing that again some more when I already have the thing I want is. But this is not, this does not have to be about reasons why none of us are no. suited to the polyamorous lifestyle. No. And
0: early stage casual sex is super ropey because you get. The fun of early stage casual sex But you also get None the None of the communication Yeah And we're not necessarily compatible And the first couple of times Sometimes it's only the first time But it's like oh, This doesn't quite fit And um, got a bit squelchy It's more awkward When it's not with someone
1: uh, You know well Do you know I think there's something
0: there's Certainly when I, was, when I was doing it There's something slightly narcissistic About some Not all But some casual sex Which is yeah. it's sort of about
1: wanking with another person there yeah yeah. there's an element
0: for me but not always but sometimes there was an element of can I fuck this person as opposed to here's this fun thing we're going to do together
1: there's also I think if you're in a situation where you're pursuing casual sex because you're not currently in a relationship there's just the oh god I want to have sex with someone I don't necessarily care who it is or what the
0: circumstances are which is you take a quality hit on that fucking yeah you do (laughs) These are not reasons not to do it, it's just kind of, there are things to be... reasons why we're poorly qualified to talk about doing it. Well, no, I just think it's about expectation management. The drums I bang organisationally are be deliberate and show you're working. Mm -hmm. And this is about being deliberate and the showing you're working is about working it through with your partner. Well, there we have it. A plethora of ways to use or not use your squelchy fun parts. Yes. Squelch or don't squelch, it makes... No odds to us.